Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's the Anfield Index Podcast. The Swedish edition. So, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Swedish podcast. Uh, this week, I have on the show Matthias Carlsson. Good evening, Ma- Matthias. Hello, hello. And Matthias Andersson. Yes, good evening. And we're going to talk about the last run of games that we had. Just be our last episode, we we were just about to face that horrendous, horrendously uh, testing bunch of games. And now we've got through them. We've got the results. We've seen how we've done. We've still got the walking wounded. And we thought we'd dive into that and have a chat before we go into the supposedly so-called less challenging games. Always three points anyway. So for starters, to kick us off, Matthias Andersson, how do you think it's gone? I think it's gone very well. Uh, we haven't been at our best, nowhere near our best in most of the games. But uh, we've had good results. A uh, bit of a rough patch over the last few games results-wise, but I think the performances have been there except for the, the Napoli game uh, in Italy. So uh, overall, I'm, I'm satisfied and happy with the way things have gone. How about so you, far. How about you, Carlson? Yeah, we, we talked about it before. The, it was the Paris game. Yeah. That was the first one we talked about. And I think, well, we won that one. And that was a good win because we lost against Napoli. And that was a poor game overall I think but otherwise they pretty much did what we wanted them to do uh, in the league didn't they and now we, we draw against Chelsea and City and we won Tottenham and uh, Southampton so uh, it was a pretty good run and uh, now the, the real test is going to come with some easier games in I think, front of us. I think, I suppose for me, the the way that I would put it is, are you happy with where we are in the league, in the Champions League? Form aside, are, are, are you happy? Yeah, well, we, have to be, we have to be happy. I think we have had the, the toughest run of games of any of the clubs in the top four or five. Uh, it's, a, it's a tight league, uh, joint top on 20 points and we have Arsenal behind us on 18 points but I think if you compare our run of games with with City and and Spurs and and Chelsea and the other teams I think we've had by far the toughest run of games and they have some tougher games to 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 play over the coming weeks and we have some as you say so-called easier games so if we can pick up maximum points from those and they the other competition they play each other so somebody's bound to lose point there so maybe if we can kick into gear properly we can we can establish ourselves at the top 
Carlson, what has what has concerned you the most about? Oh, I mean, look, we are right at the top of the league. We're, we're doing well in the Champions League. Arguably, we should go on and qualify, having got the result against Paris Saint Germain. Um, but you know, is there anything that concerns you? Well, <clears throat> we I saw a list somewhere that we had had the third hardest uh, schedule so far in the, in the Premier League. So I'm pretty satisfied with the 20 points we got there. The one thing that I have a little bit of an issue with is that we we're not scoring so many goals. And so far we have been saved by uh, proper defending from Gomez and Van Dijk. But, you know, if we only score one or two goals a game, it's pretty much uh, a possibility that we will draw. Uh, as we have seen here against Chelsea... We lost in the the cup game and we drew against them in league in the league game. So we need to get the scoring going. We beat Brighton one one goal to zero. So the scoring is a little bit of an issue for me, uh, or but, an issue or concern if it keeps on going. But isn't this what we've we've been asking for uh, over the past few seasons when we scored a lot of goals and we conceded a lot of goals? We've been talking about how we can't expect to score or three or four goals every game, but we, we need to win games where we score one or two goals and have a better defense. So that, that one or two will be enough. And, and now we're there. And I mean, yeah, more, more balanced, of course, uh, as we have talked, as you were saying there, like we can't score three, four every game, but we, we are having it pretty hard to just score one or the two. Now, because we are not creating that many chances per game either, so we r- really need to put the to the balls in the net. Uh, I'm, and not now- sure, I'm not sure I'd agree with that entirely. I think, for example, against Chelsea, Salah had a, had had several chances, and it just didn't run for him. Yeah. Um, I I do think we've been creating chances. I think Salah's been unlucky. Um, whether it's confidence, whether it's just the run of the green, you know, last season, no one expected what happened. And maybe one could say, one could say that what's happening this season is probably what we would have expected, given his profile hitherto. Yeah, I agree fully with you, John. I think uh, uh, we played absolutely well enough in the League Cup game against Chelsea to, to beat them. We played better than them, I feel, at Stamford Bridge and should have won that game. Some will say I've, I've had the rose-tinted glasses on, but I think we <laughs> they had two off the lines. and I know they had a couple of one-on-ones with the keeper, but I think we created more chances than them and should have won that game if we had proper finishing uh, this season. So I, th- I think we have created enough chances to... We, we just wasted uh, the good chances we've created for the most part so far but it doesn't all- that's, yeah. isn't that a bit of the concern though that we are n- not uh, clinical enough yeah that's uh, a bit of a concern absolutely so we, we can we have uh, grinded out a couple of wins this year and that's a really positive thing as we have talked about the last couple of years that we, we couldn't grind out a 1-0 win now we can do that but can we do that in the long haul that's my concern mm. if we keep on missing 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 these chances and we can we still keep on winning this one zero goals because we are not really set up for that 
kind of football in, in the in the long season. We can do it now in, in games here and there. We've seen that. But it's a concern for me. Yeah, me too. I think it would only take us not to not to not to score against Huddersfield at the weekend uh for the I don't want to say red flag, but I, I think the fan base would start to get increasingly nervy. I think we can just we can say, okay, our form hasn't been spectacular, the defence has been spectacular, but the midfield, the strikers haven't delivered their part, if you like. They haven't they haven't got it got got enough goals. We've got draws. We went. Um, we, we went without a win for what was it? Three, four games. Now we've got Huddersfield. We've told this kind of narrative that we've done really well, although we've not been on on our best. We've done really well over this really tough bunch of games. And now, if we don't quickly get back to the real Liverpool, get some points on the table by really, you know, scoring goals and, and, and taking wins, then, then it could be problematic. Then I think we could start to see confidence slip away. Um, Matthias Anderson, what's, what's your take on my, um, my every cloud has another cloud? I'm completely honest and listening to someone because I got that semester from my sambo. I heard it really Well, I think... That we have three games now that we absolutely should win, uh, and if we do that, I think we will be the confidence will be back, and uh, don't necessarily mean that we have to score a lot of goals. But if we can win the three next games uh, comfortably, uh, then I think uh, we'll go into the Arsenal game with really high expectations and with great confidence, and some injured player play, players back in the team and. But if we lose or draw uh, a couple of these games coming up, then we'll go into Arsenal game with shattered confidence and lots of question marks. So it's really important games coming up, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't, we can't take uh, teams like Huddersfield and Cardiff uh, lightly. We have to to put every bit of concentration into those games you know, to take away the ma- maximum points because. When we when we go and play Arsenal, I think they've been winning some games in the league. But uh, if you can stay solid against Arsenal and, and take our chances against them, I think that's a another very winnable game for us. The good thing with Arsenal, though, is okay. They they are winning quite a few games, but they are not good in defense yet. Uh, their setup is not there yet. So uh, if we ever looked at them playing these games, you can see that they are. Pretty, pretty good offensive, but they are letting lots of chances to the opponents in each and every game. So I think that if we are on top of our game, we can punish them pretty hard uh, in, on the counters. I think it's pivotal. I think the next three, you know, the games ahead of Arsenal are pivotal for our season. If we get the wins, whether it's we scrape them or we you know, hit hit six goals because, you know, we've got it in us. If we can get through these 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 next three games, get a bunch of wins, then it starts to write the story of momentum. Liverpool is a club that rides momentum. Get the belief going. There, there was the talk for, at the start of the season that we were the, the, the challengers to City. We started really well. We've been at the top of the table. We're, we're, we're right up there. We're in the best position that we've been in 
for a, a, such a long time. And if we can now push on, it reinforces that that story that Liverpool are, are writing this season. If it falls away, that's where I see the fear. So I, 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 I'm sure Jurgen Klopp will have been looking at his squad coming back from the international break. And uh, I don't know. He probably heaved a sigh of relief when uh, Van Dijk came back earlier. But I mean, the injuries, do the injuries concern you? We've got um, Milner with a likely hamstring. You know, he's he's probably been our, one of our best midfielders. If not, you know, it's either him or Ginny thus far. We've got Van Dijk with the ribs. You know, what what what's the situation? You know, how are the omens? What's the situation? Matthias Anderson, tell me what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to look into my crystal magic ball. Crystal ball. No, but of course the the injuries to to, the, to our key players is a concern, and I just have to say that I hate these international games, and I think the nation nation what's what's the name the Nations League? It's uh, yeah on the back of a World Cup summer. I think it's a horrendous idea uh, to play. Uh, so many international games during the seasons, and I think Klopp was spot on that uh, UEFA and FIFA they have to start thinking about the players at some point because without uh, the best players, uh, they won't have a, a good product to to show. So it's a uh, these international breaks they're just bah, they're shite, and we always seem to 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 get our players back with niggles and, and knocks and injuries. So, yeah, I'm concerned. I mean, Nabi was carried off on the back of a, a, a teammate uh, in the game that uh, they played. And as you said, Virgil with the ribs. And uh, there are a lot of small concerns over the weekend, but on the same hand, uh, on the other side, <laughs> On the other hand, uh, we have a better squad this year. We have Shakiri, we have Sturridge who can come in and do, do a good job against teams like Huddersfield and Cardiff. So even if we have to rest uh, a player or two in, in midfield and in attack, I think we have the, the quality, enough quality in our squad to, to get past uh, teams like Huddersfield and, and Cardiff mm. without disrespecting them. Carlson. Well, I saw uh, Simon Brandish uh, made a tweet that Liverpool players has had the last four years had missed 35% of their games from injury coming back from national uh, teams. 35%. That's so horrific. Th that's absolutely astonishing and bad at the same time. And this time around, we got Salah, Mane, Van Dijk, and uh, Nabi uh, home injured four players four uh, if you look at it they should be four key players and Mane got his surgery today on his thumb and Salah got home earlier because he's uh, he was uh, limping off with the thigh uh, and uh, and uh, Nabi trained that's the most irritating injury he trained by himself the day before the game because he had a uh, 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 a knock on his uh, thigh, a, a light injury, and then they play him from the start, and he gets carried off with the injury 
that they had a concern about. That's just horrific yeah. management, in my opinion. And I, I don't know how much Klopp and Liverpool has to say, but they should never, ever, ever have let him go to play with the national team when he had an injury the week before. Then it was his back. But, you know, I think it's it's insane. And the national teams don't take any responsibilities. They just ship the player back home and then it's a club that will pay for the the rehab, the operations and and wages and, uh, you know. The national teams don't take any responsibilities at all. They just play the players to the ground and then ship them back to their teams. And that's that's disgusting, yeah, in my opinion. Expect them to be fit for the next... Yeah, and then they come, come in, in the next international break and they pr- run them to the ground again. And, you know, these players are playing... Premier League on the Saturday, Champions League on the Wednesday. And then, oh, it's a break. No, then we're going to play two qualifiers, 90 minutes each for a tournament that nobody knows why it's there. And then we ship them back with knocks and and smaller injuries so they have to rehab for two, three weeks. You know, they don't take any responsibilities. They don't care about the players and they definitely don't care about the clubs. It's like they're pissing on Liverpool uh, when they use these players so bad, in my opinion, I, I'm getting upset here now. But I, I'm I am upset about yeah. how they how they use the players. They don't give a shit about the teams, uh, and us fans they support these teams because we are sitting here nervous now. And okay, is Salah going to play? Or Mane going to play? What about Keita? What about you know Van Dijk? Kuman actually said that he was playing on. On uh, on like uh, some pills or something. Yeah, that he got two cracked ribs or two broken. Yeah, and why the? F- yeah, you know, I, I want to swear. Why? <laughs> why do they play him for ninety minutes then? You know, it's insane, isn't it? And and also to announce that, I, I I must admit, when I heard that, as as well as having the same reaction to you, I thought, well, he's just told the Huddersfield defenders what to do, if. Van Dijk starts at the weekend. You know, yeah. you, you just go in and elbow him in the ribs. Yeah, the strikers will go up and then with an elbow right in the ribs. Uh, and I, you know, Kuman goes out and says this, and they play him ninety minutes. I just, I did, if I were Klopp, I would call him up and say, Kuman, you won't see Van Dijk for a fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> but, how, how does City do it? Because they seem to to be able to keep their players at home. They don't go away and play for the national teams. I mean, what what do they do? They lie, perhaps. They tell them, oh, Sterling is broken his uh, leg. Okay, he can't play. Yeah, and then the next week, oh, he's starting in although, the Premier League. Although Sterling did... Excuse me, you know, although Sterling did go and play. I think the thing is that yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're watching... Uh, uh, that was just an example. You know, we're watching Liverpool, and I think I think many of the top fans of the top clubs are going to be having the same kind of attitude. I, I think for some reason, in the same way that we, we don't get penalties given against us, our players seem to pick up injuries on international duty that maybe other teams don't have. But, I, I mean, they, they, it does occur for other teams. We're all playing under the same. But, but you know, how many in the Huddersfield squad were were away playing with uh, national sides over the last couple of weeks 
not very many i i would imagine no. but i think i think what we need to turn to really is the 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 issue that that uh anderson matthias anderson brought up here and that is squad size we do have a different squad compared to what Klopp has had in the past we've now got um arguably if you look at the monetary value of the subs bench we've got outstanding substitutes we've got a a really top class squad as we've seen both during the summer and and hitherto in this season although Klopp hasn't rotated a, a hardly at all when he's made substitutions he's brought players on of the caliber of a fit Daniel Sturridge who we've seen score a fantastic goal against Chelsea we've seen Shakiri come on and make a difference even Joel Matip, who I've been very, very critical of in the past, has come on and done a good job when he's come on as substitute as well. So, uh, Anderson, do you think that uh, Jürgen Klopp will be ringing the changes at the weekend? Are we going to see a different uh, starting eleven compared to the uh, the eleven that he's really stuck with in this last run of games? We hardly saw any rotation up until this point. What now for the uh, the starting eleven? Yeah, I think that... Uh the the fixtures that we've had has meant that he had to play his best players uh, most games. So I, I I think he said himself that he's going to start to, to rotate uh, the players more. And uh, if we're honest, again, with, with no disrespect to teams like Huddersfield, if we, if we take out players like Mane and Salah and we put in Shakiri and Sturridge and we have Fabinho, Gini and Henderson in midfield. I mean, that's still good enough to to beat the the lower teams if we're on our game. So uh the difference between the, the club and his his team and us fans is that I mean, they have a plan for the whole season. We we as fans maybe we just look ahead to towards the next week or the next game or uh, and so on so I think they have a clear plan how they want to manage the squad and the injuries now means that he probably has to to make some changes but with the players we have coming in we're still good enough to to, to win the, the next two games and after that I think uh, the injuries and niggles on our best players hopefully are healed so we can so we can feel the best team again uh, when it's time to play Arsenal well the problem is that we have three games in seven days so we can't rotate so much uh, in either of them no, but but I, I, I mean the, the players coming in like Fabinho and, and Shakiri yeah. they haven't had many minutes so far so, so no, they should I, be good to go the, over the next two games at least and give uh, Salah and Mane and, and the rest of the guys coming back from from uh, the international yeah, break sometimes to, to heal up. Yeah, what I meant was one week isn't much time to heal up in. That was my uh, point yeah, of de- view. Depend, depending on what the, the yeah. needles are, of course. You know, if it's a hamstring, you know, it's usually a couple of weeks, but I hope they can heal up. But But those games are, as you said, with no disrespect, it is easier games and it should be perfect games for Fabinho, for example, now to to get his uh, get a couple of games there, 
Uh, and uh, But what I want to ask you, Matthias, is your initial point was the front line are not, have not been firing. We, we've been missing chances. Yes, I think it, this is a great opportunity for Fabinho, but is that the issue we need to address? No, because I think he will come in because of the injuries in midfield. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Sturridge has looked really, really good uh, when he has been playing. So I think actually playing Sturridge for two of these three games could actually be an upgrade in current form. Mm-hmm. Not in the player as a whole, but in current form. He can actually upgrade our team in these games because, as we have seen, as you talked about the Chelsea games, those goals, they are like Sturridge goals. That What he can do with the ball just when he is confident and, and doing his thing. So I actually think if he gets on the field and we rest Salah, for example, and Shakiri have made... Uh, some pretty solid displays when he has come in. I, I think he had a good 45 minutes when he gets subbed by Klopp due to tactical reasons, but mm-hmm. I think he was one of the best the first half there. So I think Shakiri can also come in and uh, you know create and, uh, and also score. So uh, this uh, three games, I actually think these injuries could actually be a little bit more beneficial for us because the front three have played all these games, there should be a little bit of tiredness in them. And actually, they haven't scored a lot of goals in the last couple of games either. So it could be actually perfect for them to get this week of rest. For me, and- I'm going to say, for, for me, it's a real test of Jurgen Klopp because I think we've seen slightly different tactics. We, you know, just look at the stats. There's not as much pressing as there has been in previous seasons. But I, I wonder if, you know, if, if he chooses to play Sturridge, Shakiri, who, who during the summer I thought worked very well together. They had, they had a good, uh, you know, a, a good intelligence play yeah. with, between them. But, but what fascinates me, and, and I think this is the most interesting challenge that I've seen that Klopp has faced hitherto is that if he if he does rotate, if he takes Salah out or, or Mane or Firmino gives them some... Because I, I think all of them... Mane has probably done the best. I think Firmino's shown touches of his, his usual intelligence and certainly his work rate, but Salah has definitely been off colour. So if he goes with Shakiri, with Sturridge, Mane, I, I think the formation, the approach that we play is going to... I think it will probably be different. I think it will have to be different because, you know, Sturridge does not fit into the he he, he doesn't fit into the kind of style that we've we've played with the front three. Shakiri certainly doesn't either. You know, is it going to be that Fabino comes in freeing up Ginny Van Alden to play in a more forward role? Because, you know, Van Alden has scored a lot of goals in in, in the Netherlands. He did well when he was at Newcastle for that season. You know, he's, he's proved that he can score goals. So, I mean, there, there, there are interesting things happening. Um, Matthias Anderson, what's, what's your take on, on Klopp's likely approach? Is it swapping player for player? Or do you po- see possibly a change in, in tactics? Oh, I have absolutely no idea. But I would like maybe to see a 4-2-3-1 with uh Sturridge a little a little bit behind, uh, or some some maybe change of formation. 
uh, in the coming games because I mean if you <laughs> we we keep talking about no disrespect and <laughs> every time we mention Huddersfield and Cardiff and no disrespect but I mean uh, we we shouldn't have to to worry too much about uh, what they are capable of doing to us in in attack so. Uh, we should be able to free up a lot of players to to go forward. Uh, so, I guess the point I was trying to make is, uh, if he plays Fabinho in midfield, that should be enough cover and help for for the back four, uh, and and let the others, like Gini, as you say, uh, join the attack more because he has goals in him, and he he I think he's excellent at making uh, late runs into the box. Uh, and getting on the end of, of of crosses and so on. So I would I would maybe yeah. I would like to, to to see a change in information to to maybe maybe a diamond or four two three one to see what Starish can do in, in a in the maybe number ten position. Really give him, really give it a go. We've been talking about, you know, Sturridge being back, Sturridge looking fitter than yes. he's looked for years. Yeah. Really, really give it a chance. I forgot I to could... say something. I think, I think one of the issues that we've had, and this is just me not knowing anything about football, uh, I think there's been a like a disconnect between our midfield and and our attack. Uh, I think the our front three have they've been left isolated. Uh, on many occasions, we haven't had a player who can link the midfield to the attack uh, in a good way so far. And if you can play Fabinho, maybe maybe Gini can be that player. I was hoping that Nabi would be that player when he uh, when he got the, the start, but uh, unfortunately he he got injured, so we we didn't have a chance to see that. But I think we need a a better link between the midfield and attack, and Gini can be that player. I could see us go like a four-one-four-one with Sturridge on top, uh, and uh, we have Mane and Shakiri on the wings, and uh, Fabinho being the one in front of the back four, and uh, Henderson and Gini in the midfield in front of him, with Gini more of the offensive midfielder and Henderson more of the box-to-box midfielder in in that kind of system, and Sturridge then wouldn't have to do so much of the work uh, in our own opponents, in our own half. He could be more like the countering forward, being in the mid-circle. Could be something. Hmm. That's an an interesting call, actually. It's an interesting call. What about the defence, though? I mean, we're talking about changes up top, but, you know... Isn't it about time that, that Joe Gomez got a break? He's been absolutely phenomenal. We're going to talk about a bit later about who's been the player of the season so far. But, um, you know, Joe Gomez has not had the best of fitness over the last few years. He's suddenly established himself in the side doing really, really well. Um, Van Dyke's got a bit of an injury. So we don't, we haven't heard uh, whether Klopp's, you know, whether whether he's going to be available yet. The the, the club haven't had the press conference against the uh, ahead of the the game at the weekend yet, not when we're recording this. So I mean, could you see changes in the 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 defence, Matthias Carlson? Well, that's where the problem is because I don't trust 
Lovren for five seconds, and I and I, I don't think Matip is on form either. So, uh, and if we are not scoring as much, then I wouldn't change the defense because I think Van Dijk and Gomez has been really, really solid. Uh, and if we have to change, well, change Gomez in, in and give him a rest in that way because. Van Dijk, as we've seen, he makes everyone better. Uh, even Lovren has looked decent when Van Dijk is carrying him. So, you know, if we if we think that Gomez needs a rest, then rest him. But Van Dijk is pivotal for our defense. How about you, Anderson? Mm, yeah, I think no disrespect to teams like Huddersfield. <laughs> but, the theme uh, of the show. <laughs> the theme of the show. This will probably be called no disrespect. Uh, no, but I think our defense shouldn't be that tested this weekend. I don't think so. I don't think Gomez or Van Dyke, if he's fit, I don't think they need to be rested. I think they will. Hopefully, I hope I'm not jinxing this uh, by saying all these things they but they should have a, a rather a mellow uh, saturday evening mm. so i don't think they need to be to be rested and gomez had the he had the week off as well so it's maybe and i could that's the the biggest concern with with the with his knock I I wouldn't be surprised to see Lovren start. I think Lovren was outstanding against Go- Chelsea. Gomez played the last game for England, though. Yeah, he did. He, yeah, uh, did. Yeah, he did. I haven't yeah. paid any attention to the to, to the international, so I, I didn't know that actually. Okay. Yeah, he he. Yeah, I, I only read I only read one review of the match, and they highlighted how good he was. But I could certainly see Lovren coming into the side at the weekend. The, the performances that you know he's put in thus far have, have I think he's been outstanding and let's face it he did get to the final of the World Cup and the Champions League he ha- he has you know on his day he can he can do a fantastic job for us I'm not going to knock him no I mean yeah and he, and he can makes us uh, you know give away two penalties and score five on goals <laughs> on his day also so you know he, but, but, he's like, he's like, yeah, he can be really good and he can be the worst player on the pitch. And that's no, not good enough if you want to be win the Premier League if you not, don't know who is going to turn but, up. But, but people people always say about Lovren that, yeah, he was good that game, but he always has a mistake in him. But doesn't all players? All players have have, have a mistake in them. And I think this... Uh, I mean, Lovren is not my favorite defender by any... Van, Van Dijk, when does he have his mistakes? Like yeah, one but, in 40? I don't know, but I mean, even if Lovren plays ten, ten good or great games in a row, people will still come out and say, "Oh, just wait, he, he will score an own goal, and he will do that, and he will do this, and he will get sent off." But so, no matter what he what he does, he will always have that reputation with him. Like I said, yeah, he has earned it, though. He's not a favorite player of mine, but by by any stretch of the imagination. But I think I think his game against. City when he came in, everybody was very nervous. I think he was excellent that game. Good call. And I think, and I think it was excellent for Croatia as well when they play England when he clattered Sterling there on the on the sideline. <laughs> I so think that's a bad contribution. 
in, in this international break. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, I mean, Lovren was absolutely diabolical against Spurs last season. And that for me was the kind of nadir. That was the, 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 the absolute low point for him. And I think he's... The, the great thing about Klopp is that he seems to believe in players that want to improve, that want to work, that really put the effort in. And I think Lovren's proved... I think he's proved that he, you know, he he justifies his his place in the squad, and that we should see him as a a, a good quality player. Uh, I I I think on current form, I would rather see Gomez and uh, and Van Dijk starting. But if one of them's got a knock, if there is a a risk, and you know. I don't want to knock Huddersfield, but I, w- I should imagine that Lovren and Matip or Lovren and, and Gomez should be able to cope with Huddersfield. You know, no disrespect, so to, so to speak. But I mean, Joe Gomez, he's been my player of the season so far, just pipping Ginny. I think Ginny's also been fantastic. Um, Gomez has been solid. He's made Van Dijk look, um, well, not his understudy, but I, I certainly think at times, you know, if you, you'd said uh, that's the most expensive defender in the world on the pitch, I would have, you know, pointed at Joe Gomez. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, uh, Carlson, who's been your your player of the season thus far? Well, it's uh, interesting because uh, Gomez cost us £3.5 million, pounds, so you can find really good players in that price range if you know how to coach and have the patience to develop them as we have had. So that's a really good thing. And I think he's been really solid. But for me, if you look at it, it's between Genie and Van Dijk, though, uh, anyways, because if you look at what Van Dijk is contributing in defense, he's winning all his aerial duels. He... His passing range is fantastic. You know, he, he can sweep the whole pitch with the with one pass, and it's on the foot of Salah or on the foot of Mane. And and Genie has been really good with his energy, work rate, creating, going forward. So for me, it's between Genie and, and uh, Van Dijk so far. How about you, Anderson? Uh Well, I, I'd just like to to. Uh back up a little bit to the, to the to the discussion about go like and I mean um, if you look at the clubs around us what club have got third and fourth choice central defender of the the quality that Lovren and, and Matip is Russia Oh, I just it, you 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 just broke up a bit there. I I, I missed your last bit. What what did, could you just repeat the question? No, I said that I said I was just saying that um, to have Lovren and Matip as the third third and fourth choice central defenders, uh, I think that's a, a strength in our squad that I don't think that City other... and Tottenham should have it. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they do. I think our third and fourth, Lovren and Matip are better than Chelsea and, and Spurs can can muster. If, if but Spurs are, are they have uh, Aldevalde or Fertongen as their third? Do you think Lovren is better? No, but Fertongen is not the Spurs' third choice centre back. Is he? He's he's uh, he's, he's there. He, then it's 
No, aren't they playing Christiansen? The games that I've seen Vertonghen has started, but I mean, I don't, I don't know the 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 inside outs of their. No, but but, but my point is that to have Lovren and Matip as third and fourth choice isn't bad. It's a, it's a good thing. I agree. They're not the best. Yeah, we don't need them to be the 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 best defenders in the world because they are third choice and fourth choice. Uh, but yeah, uh, and and that's good as long as they accept it, and it seems to be that they are doing that. So, and that's a good thing. Yeah. I, th- I think you're raising the point there, really, about that Klopp has brought together a, a, a good squad, a squad that's potentially ca- you know, capable of challenging, and that he seems to be keeping players on side at the moment, that, that we're not hearing grumblings, the, the atmosphere around the club, the team, it still seems to be as strong and as positive, and, you know, let's get the jobs done, lad, the, the, lads that that seem to be in the club last season it seems to have sort of rolled on as if the 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 champions league setback you know that's that's done and dusted and off there on the march to try and win something again that there seems to be that positivity even though the squad is quite big so you, yeah, you but i mean yeah. but but matthias anderson you, you you didn't you didn't answer the original question there no. which was the uh, you know which which player has really stood out for you in the last run of games that we've had uh, the player that has uh, not surprised but been the been a pleasant uh, yeah pleasant uh, sort, sort of surprise as as Joe Gomez, he, I mean, he's been he's been better than I ever could have expected him to be. But um, in terms of quality, I have to go with uh, Matthias Carlsen there and say that uh, Virgil Virgil has been our best player so far in contention with with uh, with Genie because I think when Virgil plays, he he he's such a leader. He's so calm all the time. He. He, he spreads that around to the rest of the team. So I, I'm going to say that Virgil has been our best player this season. It's interesting, isn't it? Here we are arguing about defenders and, and praising defenders. And it's our defence that has traditionally been the thing that the press, that former players have really attacked. And I suppose you could say is that it's our defence that has kept us in the title chase thus far. Uh, what about the midfield, though? We, we've talked how uh, talked a bit about how Ginny's been been pretty strong, but but Carlson, what, what's your take on the midfield? Well, I think we are we are a bit weak there because we have a couple of workers like Milner and Henderson. They are solid midfielders, but they they are just they are workers, you know. They ain't gonna I, think do... I think you're selling Milner a bit short there, actually. Yeah, I was going to come to that point. You know, Henderson, he, he doesn't contribute much offensive anymore, but Milner has surprised a bit this season because he's been adding the runs in the opposition's uh, third, and I think he has done more than I expected from him this year, and that's a positive thing. Uh, so it was a little bit bad that he got injured now because he was on the roll. But... Uh, I don't, and uh, Fabinho, of course, he is a defensive midfielder, and he, both he and Klopp, has talked about he needs to learn the system and study the gameplay uh, that Liverpool are playing, so he won't be able to contribute in the start. And then we get Ox out the whole season, so and Naby get injured uh, pretty much 
uh, a couple of games in, got the knock in the back, and now his hamstring. So we haven't got him going yet. And you know this, uh, what his name Lalan? I played like in 2016 or something for us, and he's still on the payroll. You know, and that's not a player that's gonna contribute with anything. So I think we are a bit short in midfield in attacking wise. Uh, we have the bodies, the players, but they are either injured or or not that effective in the final third. And that's really important that Gene have stepped up and taken that responsibility uh, in the start of the season. Uh, but I think we are a little bit short there in attacking wise. Cater's mm, not really hit the ground running, has he? I mean, I, no, I, the, I, the injuries I, has been stopping him, and now he's injured again. So he hasn't really been able to get going either. And I don't think he's in in the system wise understanding what he's supposed to do either quite yet. Like Fabinho is, I don't think they they are not up to speed yet what to do in their roles in the team when they are playing. So I think they are a bit behind in that aspect as well. Like Ox was last year, we all remember he, his first like ten games. People were saying, "Oh, this is a bust. He's terrible, and get him out of the club." And blah blah blah, you know. And then he was the best player in the team. Yeah, the most important midfielder last season. Yeah, of course, and and that was when he understood when to run and where to run and when to pass and when to shoot in the the system with the front three. Then he was like. They couldn't stop him, you know. No. You remember those city games and, and uh, his his like energy going forward, his shooting or passing. So they had to let him go because we had the front three as well, and he used the spaces that they gave him, and he he scored and he assisted goals. Uh, and I don't think we have a player that quite have understood and filled that role this year yet so far. I think that goes back to to what I was saying before that that we are lacking a player who links up the midfield and the attack. I think Ox yeah. was that player last season. Yeah, I think so. That. And we haven't had a player done that uh, do that so far this season. Because uh, before Ox, we had like Coutinho that were doing some of that stuff as well, not with the power runs and and but he was the link a little bit between the the Henderson Genie and the front three before we sold him, and then Ox got that role. And I agree with you there. We don't have that midfielder that has taken on that role and can do it as good yet. What I'm hoping is, if Fabinho can come in and and anchor that midfield, maybe we can push uh, Genie up further up the pitch. Even though he's been really good good in uh, in that number six position. Yeah, it can free him up not to be so defensive. He can yeah. concentrate even more on the attacking side of the ball. Yeah. So he doesn't have to work so hard in defense, covering for Henderson, for example, when he plays. One thing I wanted to ask is, do you guys do you guys miss Coutinho, given that we, we, we're talking about the lack of creativity in, in midfield? Do you, do you really feel that we've, we've missed a player of Coutinho's calibre? Now, I miss Oxlade more, because Oxlade had... It, he isn't that fancy like Coutinho, but Oxlade have like more of a power around power aura around him. He he could act, he could really go through the box and and be this dynamic midfielder. He he is better defensive than Coutinho in my opinion, mm. uh, and he has he has 
really been good at finishing as well. So I think, and his personality, he he, he actually seems to really, really love it there as well. And that kind of got me to forget about Coutinho even more. Mm. Um, the the how Oxlade was acting and how he was performing in the pitch as well. So I actually now miss Oxlade more than I miss Coutinho because I, I actually think he's a snake still. <laughs> Mati- <laughs> Ma- Matthias, how about you? Yeah, I mean, Coutinho was a, is a brilliant player, so of course you have to miss him. Uh, even though I can agree with Matthias Carlson that oh, yeah. the the way he left left a sour taste in the mouth. But he was such a good player who could create something out of nothing. And so, of course, a, a world class player. Of course, you have to miss him. I, th- I think I'm. I mean, I'm with you both on this. You know, I certainly he brought a lot of quality to the side. Uh, he is a wonderful footballer, but I really do miss. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain. I'm kind of surprised how much I miss him because I I hadn't realized how much dynamism he brought to the side until he wasn't in the side. I think that it is that role of someone being able to go through the middle at pace with aggression to bring in uh, the players on the flanks. It, It seems that the pace of the midfield at the moment is a little bit slow. Henderson doesn't have the speed. Mil- Milner, no. co- Milner covers a lot of ground and he's very intelligent. But, but no speed. No mm. speed. Mm. Oh, and we lost... Um, uh, not that he's a, he was a favourite player of mine, but uh, another player who could take the ball and drive through the... drive up the pitch with the ball was John. And we, we don't have him either, so... No. We we have no one that can that can carry the ball forward. I thought Naby Keita would be doing better what what Emre Jam was doing, but you know it's it's not happened for him yet. I I I sincerely believe it will. The the pass that he played to Mo Salah earlier in the season, where he you know from looked up, hit it straight. Uh, I can't remember who it was against, but it's been the pass of the season thus far. Didn't lead yeah. to a goal, but but I think anyone... Wasn't it against Southampton? Yeah, was... that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He, he just uh, turned away the, the forward player and then took a couple of steps with the ball and then shipped it on, his, on the foot of Salah. Yeah, and fantastic. that's what Nabi can do. And Nabi can also be like Oxlade this power midfielder going through the lines. But I think the injuries he's been having, and I don't think he quite understands yet how to play the role in the midfield three that we are playing. So I think uh, we were talking about this the last pod, wasn't we? That we would see Nabi and Fabinho's best after Christmas. Absolutely. I thought we were talking about this because it isn't easy to just come into a club team and, and perform. There aren't many players that are doing it. Well, Salah was it last year, but it's not that easy. I think he's the first player that I've I've seen under under Klopp come in and have such an effect. I mean, even for, even Bobby Firmino, who's f- arguably, I think, you know, the the cog that makes everything go together. I think Van Dijk and, and Firmino for me are the first names on the team sheet. Um, but it took him a long time to get going. First, you know, Rogers didn't really even seem to rate him. So I, I don't think we can. I don't think we can under 
uh, we can underplay how important it takes for players, how much time it takes for players to acclimatise. I mean, even look at Robinson, who who came from another Premier League side. Uh, it, it really took him a while. And Oxley chamberlain who'd really established himself at, at Arsenal. Um, dare I say it, um, are you, Matthias Carlsen, looking to January and possible purchases already at this stage in the season? Well, you know me, I'm always <laughs> looking for transfers. <laughs> no, uh, haven't haven't looked about it so much. We talked about this the last pod also, and I think now that Klopp has strengthened his squad summer after summer, and Klopp isn't a... He doesn't fancy buying players in January as well. So I I doubt he will actually be after anyone. Mm. But what he needs to be looking for, in my opinion, is this dynamic offensive midfielder, if anything, like a Fikir or some player like that that can score, can assist, can break the lines with a good pass, be the one that Matthias said, link up the defensive part of the midfield with the offensive line so if anything it would be a player in that category but otherwise we have a solid defense we have we have good strikers we have top strikers so that would be the only position i would actually be looking at Mm. last time we talked allison had just made a horrendous error that had led to a goal uh since then in my mind allison has gone on to assure me that We've got the best possible keeper that we could have since Pepe Reina. Uh, he's, he dominates. He's produced match-winning saves. He's kept us in the game. He shrugs off anything that seems to be negative. I, I absolutely love the fact that we went and spent a huge amount of money to get this guy into the club. I'm loving seeing Alisson play in, this, in the side. Matthias Anderson, your thoughts on uh, Beck, Alisson Becker? Yeah, he should have had a had a mention when we were talking about who's been the best player of the season. I would I would have him, Virgil and Gini as mm. our top three mm. so far. Uh, I absolutely, I th- I you're spot on there. Uh, I I love the way that he he reads the game. He comes out at the right moment. He can see that the attacker threw on goal. He has a, some pressure from the back, and he goes out and put put pressure on the on the striker from the from his uh, direction and just goes out and spreads himself and makes himself big and, and the ball bounces off and so and the way that he can pin a 60 yard pass on at the feet of our, our midfielders or our wide players up the pitch is it's just yeah you want to go and touch yourself when he when he does that well, not really, but I must say it. I can't believe to say it. We have to cut that part. No, 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 no. We leave that in. No, we definitely leave that. In. Yeah. But I, I have to add a thing there. And the best thing is, he's in Jordan Pickford's head, isn't he? Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, after we made the mistake, Pickford went out in the newspapers and said. I would never do stuff like that. I would never dribble as the the last uh, uh, the last person in the uh, in the team. And he's done it twice after that interview and got caught out both times. 
Yeah. I so, <laughs> hilarious. No, he's been, Alison's been absolutely outstanding. He really has. And, and long may, long may, long may that continue. Um, I have to confess, I was um, doubtful about him when we bought him for that amount of money, but he's been, he's been immense. Yeah. I mean, if you give me a choice in the summer, I would have gone for Obelik. Yeah, me too. But Jurgen Klopp is, uh, and, and Becker himself, Alison himself is, uh, is proving, proving me wrong. Um, before we wrap things up, where are we going to be after the next run of so-called easier games? Uh, Matthias Carlsen. Well, we have the six games now going up to, to the Watford game. It's uh, two Champions League games and four Premier League games. And we should win both the Champions League games because they are against Red Star, Belgrade, so that should be six points. And I would be satisfied with nine, ten points in the league. Three victories and a draw at Arsenal would be satisfactory for me. Mm-hmm. Anderson. Yeah, I think uh, the, the draw in the Champions League has favoured us a little bit that we have two two games against the uh, Red Star and, and Napoli and PSG have two games against each other. So if we, if we can take maximum points from the Red Star games and the other two teams take points off each other, we really have a good position in the Champions League. Uh, no disrespect to Huddersfield or Cardiff, but those are teams that we should... Or Fulham. Or Fulham. No, because uh, we, have, we have the Fulham game. It's, that's a tough game at the yeah, field. Yeah. No and, disrespect uh, there. No, absolutely not. But I mean, but don't you we have, the oppor- we have the opportunity to to place ourselves very well in both in the league and the Champions League, and I think that we we will. I, I'm not going to say we're going to take uh, this amount of points or that amount of points, but we have a shot at solidifying our positions in in Europe and, and domestically, and I think we will do that. Ah, don't be a chicken now. We're going to win these games. <laughs> okay, so three points against Huddersfield, three points against Red Star. Uh, three points against Cardiff, uh, three points against Arsenal, three points against Red Star again, and three points against Fulham. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I, I, I suppose for me, when I look at it, I'm, I'm very cognizant of the fact that you know Huddersfield, Fulham, you know, th- these these teams are fighting for their lives. They are in relegate. You know, ultimately they are in relegation battles from this point in the season they are they are really fighting for every point uh, and that makes it difficult for us but at the conversely i'm also really aware that we have a very special side at the moment this team under jürgen klopp have done things that have you know that i i haven't seen liverpool sides do since you know i was a teenager and I'm very long in the tooth these days. It's it's absolutely fantastic. So, you know, on the one hand, I do feel that things, you know, could unfold. We could be really tested. But I'm also aware that if we get this right, we could be in such a strong position after this run of games. If we get those points, if we do what you know you've just said, Matthias, if 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 we if we're there, imagine what we the confidence that we'll have going into the next break 
I mean, to be honest, Champions League, fine. It's the league title that I want. If we can get those results, I'll feel going into December that unlike that season under Rodgers when we we had the table at Christmas – I'll I'll feel that Liverpool are building something. It's it's time for the team to step up. It's really time for the squad to step up and Jurgen Klopp to get it right. This is absolutely pivotal. We have and to get know, these points. Yeah, and, and you know, after the Fulham game, we have played almost a third of the league. After the Fulham game, we played 12... 12, 12 uh, games in in the league down so we're almost a third in them which is yeah which which is frightening we could be in a in a great position well guys we'll have to come back for another swedish pod when we've gone through this run of games to see where we are to see if we're as optimistic and boisterous and believing in the side or maybe uh maybe jürgen klopp's uh, reds will uh have us feeling different ways. Uh, Matthias Carlson, anything you want to say before we call it a day? No, let's just go do this shit then. <laughs> Matthias Andersson. Yeah, uh, I'm with Matthias there. Uh, and I, I'm uh, really looking forward to, to real football starting again, again this weekend. It's the Anfield Index podcast. <laughs> Podcast Network.